University of Spiritual Warfare, Bible Code 7. We're very happy to have you on board with us. Welcome one more time. Thank you for joining us today. And we have an exciting topics that we're going to be talking about today. And my main topic is turning helpless little lambs into ferocious, roaring lions. Turning helpless little lambs into ferocious, roaring lions. All God's little lambs must be transformed and become lions just like he is. He is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And we want to make sure that we become like Jesus. He's our hero. He's our role model. He is our Lord and our master. Not only do we want to put on the mind of Christ, but we want to become like him. Amen. And this is what we want to we this is what we want to make sure that we understand and we aim for to become like Jesus. We must have sober and truthful answers for life's tough questions. And life has some tough questions. People are asking some questions right now. Why is this situation so grim? Why is it so dire? Why is all this happening upon the face of the earth? I hear so many people talking. And many people are in despair. Many people are puzzled. They're perplexed. Many people, they don't know what to do. But when I give an answer, I tell them this is what it is. This is how God destined it to be. Because that he told us all these things would happen. Not because he wanted evil to happen, but because people rebelled and, and disobeyed him. They dissed the Lord. And this is the consequence of what is happening. And the Lord told us in Isaiah, the 60th chapter, he says, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness is going to cover the people. So this is what we're seeing today. And that's why we're seeing all this chaos and this confusion upon the face of the earth. And guess what? Here, there is great perplexity. Confusion, chaos with perplexity, which means nobody has the answer. They are perplexed. They can't figure it out. They can't work it out. Because you see, it takes Jesus and Jesus alone to work it out. And what is needed in America and in the whole world is repentance. Yes, repentance. Coming to the Jesus for forgiveness and imploring his mercy upon us. Once that's done, then he'll give you peace. And in this world full of confusion, chaos, we will have peace. But Jesus did tell us that we're going to live in a dual-natured world. He told us we are in this world, but we are not of this world. He also told us while we're in this world, he says, in him, Jesus, we live and move and have our being, our, our entire existence. So we don't have to worry about being in the world, and do as the world does and say what the world says and be a part of this world. No, we are a part. Uh, and the part that we play is that we are here in this world. We live in this world. We move in this world. And we are very nice to people. We treat people very, very nice. The Bible says we must be good to all men, all mankind. But we are to be especially good to the household of faith. So we are seeing that life has some very tough questions that needs answers. And it has some very challenging uh, situations that need some solutions, very challenging problems that need solutions. And we are to rise to the occasion as people of God, and we are to become lion-like people. We are to become uh, like the, the, the bold ferocious lions. Why? Because we have the lion of the tribe of Judah living in us. And when he lives within us, there's absolutely positively no way we can fail, we can falter, or we can lose. Cannot. Amen. The Bible calls us more than conquerors. But when you examine many people in the church today, so many Christians, they're living like a conquered people. When the Bible says we are more than conquerors, we're living like conquered people. And these are the things that we must address. These are the things that we must uh, put in our spiritual crosshairs 
Say, we don't want to do that. We don't want to live like a conquered people. When the Bible says we are more than conquerors, we're greater than conquerors through Jesus Christ who loved us and gave his life for us. No, we must exemplify the word of the living God. We must exemplify Jesus Christ. Jesus was never conquered. He wasn't living like a conquered person. No, he went through all that abasement. He went through all that humiliation. So you and I would not have to go through it. He gave us victory. He told us all power. All authority has been given unto him in heaven as well as in the earth. So if he has all authority and all power, why are we living like that? Why are we living like a conquered people? Hmm? Why are we living like the, uh, like the tail and not the head? Like we are beneath and not on top, as his word says. Why? Because most Christians do not know the authority they carry, and they do not know how to wield the authority. They have never been taught the rudiments of spiritual warfare. They have been, never been shown a blueprint of spiritual warfare. And they have had great pastors and great evangelists and great teachers, great bishops, 24 karat bishops in the past. I've heard many, many great preaching and teaching, but I've never heard practical spiritual warfare like the Lord revealed to me. Never. No one taught me that. No one showed it to me. And this is the reason why the Lord has raised me, raised me up and allowed me to go through Satan's meat grinder. And, and when he showed it to me and gave me an experience, now he told me, sit down and write and begin to teach from the Word of God. Bible Code 7. This is what we're doing here. Because all of God's people must go through the university of trials and adversity. And we are not a people that should be sitting around waiting for a handout. We are the Lord's people. Well, let's take a look at the Word of God and see where the first instance the Lord warned us and told us that all his people must learn how to fight. We've been through this on day one when we started this year, 2021. And Judges, the third chapter, the first verse, verses one and two, we're going to take a look at and see where the Lord told us. Get ready for warfare. And it says, Judges chapter 3, verse 1, Now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove or to test Israel by them, even as many of Israel as had not known all the wars of Canaan. Those who had not known the wars. They were young, inexperienced, too young to go to battle, so they never knew warfare. Verse 2 says, Only that the generations of the children of Israel might know to teach them war. So they must know, they must be taught war, at the least such as before, knew nothing about war. So in other words, those who did not know warfare, practical warfare, they must be taught. They must experience warfare. That's what the Bible tells us. Gen uh, Judges, the third chapter, 1 and 2. So we are to understand that God wants his people. You must encounter warfare. But now today, we're not talking about guns and bullets, swords and spears. We're talking about spiritual warfare. This is only what we're talking about. We're talking about the slice and dice Mix and mash, mash your enemies. And we don't do it with sticks and stones and guns and bullets. We do it with the word of the living God. And when you begin to release the word, God will slice your enemies. He will dice them. He will mix them and he'll mash them. He'll take care of them. God is a rock thrower. He knows how to throw hailstones. God is a killer. He use, can use worms, sticks, stones. Fire, but he knows exactly what to do and how to do it. He knows. He's an expert. The Bible calls the Lord a man of war. He's a killer. 
Let's make it plain. God is a killer. He is a man of war. He kills and he makes alive. So don't feel squeamish about it. Don't get emotional. That's what the Bible teaches us. A Christian believer is attacked by the devil because of one thing, and one thing only. They carry Jesus. That's the reason why you're attacked. You're a Christian, and you carry Jesus. You carry the light. And Satan, who is darkness, and his demons, who are darkness, can see light. And they can see the great light in you. They can even look at your children and see light in them, which means they are marked at uh, they are destined for greatness. And just like Joseph, Joseph star, saw his star and he saw his future. He dreamt. God gave him a revelation of his future. And what did Satan do? Satan got in the way and tried to put out D David's light. He tried to kill him, but he couldn't kill him. He even had his brothers come against him and attack him. But they couldn't kill him, so they got rid of him. But every step of the way, the Bible says that Joseph was a prosperous man. He was sold to Mr. Potiphar. And when he was sold to Mr. Potiphar, he was stripped naked. And he was there, paraded like an animal. Mr. Potiphar came with a robe or a sheet and put around him, covered his nakedness, and said, I bought him. And what happened? The Bible says, but God was with Joseph, and he was a prosperous man. That makes the difference. So this is the reason why we're attacked of the devil. Most likely, if you're not a Christian, you're not going to be attacked. Satan will leave you alone. Because guess what? You belong to Satan. But Jesus is dwelling in, in, in the believer brings the attack. So Jesus in believers causes Satan to attack. How many of God's people really, really know how to defend themselves in spiritual warfare? And that's the question. And this is the reason why we engage in the University of Spiritual Warfare through Bible Code 7. This is the reason why I'm doing what I am doing, because I never was taught spiritual warfare. I was taught great spiritual teachings, holy living, righteous living. I was taught great biblical teachings, the Sunday school stuff that you, you learn. But I was never taught spiritual offensive warfare. I was never taught that. I had to learn. I had to... I had to go through an experience and learn. And little by little, bit by bit, God showed me and he took me and he trained me up. And this is the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing here. Your relentless adversary must be met head on. And he must be hammered with relentless fire. What fire? The fire is the relentless release of the word of God daily. Not only must he be met by the relentless release of the word of God, he must be hammered with it. This is how you deal with your enemy. The Bible says our God is a consuming fire. And when we release the word of God, which is a fire, what are we doing? Giving the battle squarely into the hands of the Lord, fulfilling his word. The battle is not yours. The battle is mine, says the Lord. So we must understand that the use of the word, spiritual warfare, must become a daily ritual. <laughs> and I hate the word ritual, but I use it as a ritual. It must become a daily lifestyle. Just like you brush your teeth when you take your bath, it must become your lifestyle. Just like you eat your food, you eat minimum two squares a day so must you be in warfare minimum two times a day. And we must understand this is for yourself and family preservation. Not only preservation, but protection. This is your self-defense. Huh? And this must kick in. 
because you and your family must come first and foremost. My God, if you uh, uh, if you allow the enemy to take you out, what's going to happen to your children, your little children, if you have little ones? Maybe if you're a senior and you have grown children, you say, ah, oh, they can fend for themselves. But what happens to your little children? Why would anyone as a Christian want to die a premature death when God says, and with long life will I satisfy you and show you my salvation? Why are you not going after that long life? And not only a long life, but you need a legacy to match. You'll not only need a long life to fulfill the word of God, and with long life, God says, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation, but you must prosper. And you must be in excellent health. Why are we not having what the Lord says we should have? That's the reason why I'm teaching spiritual warfare, because we must come full circle. We must come and have what Jesus told us we should have. And if you don't have it, make sure that you get ready, because I'm going to teach you how to get it. Amen. Bible Code 7, University spiritual warfare. Now, you have governments, corporations, businesses, wealthy individuals. They have weaponized themselves. They have weaponized themselves with a war chest of money, lawyers, lobbyists, connections in high places, the rich, the uber-rich. They have weaponized themselves with sorcerers. Uh-huh, uh-huh, I said it, sorcerers witches, and warlocks. They have all these wicked people in their employ to do evil magic, witchcraft, sorcery, voodoo, santeria, you name it. That's what they're doing. How and with what are you weaponized? How must the Christians weaponize themselves and how must the Christians fight? What do you fight with? How does a people group who have been oppressed and harassed for years throw off the yoke of oppression and go free? These are questions we need to understand. Have you ever looked back at your generation? Look back at your grandmother, your father, your grandfather, and look at them and see how hard they worked and toiled. And maybe they didn't amount to much. Maybe they didn't have very much success. Maybe some of the bad habits that they have gone through, grandma had, grandpa had, you'll see it come down the generation line. How do you break those generation curses? How do you bring God's vengeance on the oppressors and destroy the hold of the pharaohs on their lives? These are things that we need to look at. We, these are things that we, and, and I taught this so plainly, that some people come from a background of slavery. When you look up the generation line, you see a great, you see a great ancestral slavery, and maybe some uh, uh, generational lines have the slave masters, that the slave owners, that the slave enforcers up in their ancestral line. But most of what we are doing and what, how we are living comes from our ancestral lines or ancestral lineage because you see the same demons that afflicted our grandfathers and great 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 grandmothers they don't die demons do not die they just come down from one generation to another and they know they are going after a certain bloodline how do you cleanse your generational line from every generational oppression this is what we have got to understand we must understand that these are things that needs an answer. We must have an answer for all these things. And the answer is there. But the thing is that most people have not been taught that. They have not been made aware of it. So guess what? We go through a whole lifetime of toiling and struggling, and we never amount to much. I'm going to tell you something. My daddy left me with a legacy. My daddy was a hardworking man, worked hard all his life, and he did his very best. But let me tell you something. I believe that if my father knew 
what I knew and he was taught, he would have done a lot better. He'd have done about 10 times better. My daddy left me a word about maybe two, three weeks before he passed away. And I went to see him uh, at the hospice. He had uh, uh, colon cancer. Well, he had the operation where the, the cancer came back and spread all over in the organs in the abdomen. And I went to see my daddy, and my daddy was there. And, you know, it was very painful to watch him. He was an active man. And, but the Lord gave me peace. And he said something to me one day. I never realized my son, his grandson, was there. And he said to me, he said, my son, my son, too late we learn and too soon we die. And he not only said it once, but he said it twice. He said, my son, my son, too late we learn and too soon we die. And you know, it never dawned on me what he was saying until I got wise and I started writing books. And I realized what my father was saying. And you know what he was telling me? Psalm 91. I beg your pardon, Psalm number 90. And I believe it's the 11th verse. And that was, teach us the number of our days so we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. Number your days means management of your time. Apply your hearts to wisdom, to learning, not just book learning on the things of this world, but the spiritual things of God. And my God, I didn't know what I know. Or let me rephrase that. What I know now, I did not know it back then. And I begged God, said, God, why didn't you reveal this and teach me this? And the Lord spoke to me and told me the fullness of time had not yet come. So, God did not intend for me to have learned it prior to a certain time. And at the time when I started writing in 2017, that's when he revealed Bible Code 7 to me. And he gave me the full understanding of what I was writing. And I'm telling God, I said, God, I've waited 30 years since 1988. I have used Bible Code 7 to, to bring myself out from under this horrendous demonic oppression. And I never understood what I was doing until now, 30 years later. And you know what the Lord told me? The fullness of time had not yet come. And I began to complain and tell God, I said, God, do you know how old I am? <laughs> you know how many birthdays I got? <laughs> and my father just answered me and said, how old was Moses when I called him? And I said, he was 80 years old, Lord. And the Lord said to me, he says, well, are you 80 years old? <laughs> I said, no, Lord. So anyway, I, I said, Lord, you're, you know better than I know. And I'm just going to obey you and do what you tell me. But you see, God wants us as believers. And this is what I have to teach you as a Christian to let you know that we are a weaponized, bulletproofed, armor-plated believers with the sword of the Spirit and with the word of the living God. We're weaponized. We have a weapons. We're not orphans. We're not little pushovers. We're not doormats. We're not little nothings and nobodies. And, and this is how we operate. We operate as if uh, I, I know for myself, and I can talk about my. You see, I didn't know. I didn't know my authority. I didn't know what I carry. I didn't know how to operate. Didn't know what to do. So guess what? Even though I was a Christian, the devil came and he grabbed me and put me in his meat grinder. And 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 I know many many Christians. They go through the meat grinder. Satan still attacks them. Satan is having a field day in their lives. Why? And then we have Jesus. And we have the Word of God, and we have the Bible. Why? Because, you see, they've never been taught. And God, we hear preachers say, and what one bishop say, on the, especially those guys on television, what they say, we take that as the gospel. And we don't go to the Word ourselves. We don't check the Bible for ourselves. We take what people teach us, and I am guilty as ever. I took what they told me, and I believe what they told me because I believe that these are very knowledgeable people, and I never read the Word of God myself 
And guess what? Many of them did not even pick up a Bible and read from the Bible and explain the word to the, from the Bible to us. And we swallowed everything they said, hook, line, and sinker. And we were swallowing nonsense, not biblical. And now many people are saying, too late, we are learning. And at this age, this stage of the game that we're learning, too soon we're going to die. Because we're learning late. I wish to God what I'm teaching. I knew. I knew when I was a young man of 30, 40 years old, even 20 years old. I'd have been ahead of the game, a long, long, long way ahead of the game right now. And this is what, what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to teach a younger generation, all people anyway, because of my teaching is that it's never too late to pick up, learn this thing, and run with it. Because God says in his word, he says, I will restore the years that the caterpillar, the cankerworm, the palmer worm, and the locust have stolen. So all of what you've lost out on, God says, I can restore those years. I can bring it back to you. Everything can come down to you in one big lump. But don't give up. Don't say I'm too old. Don't say I'm too this, I'm too that. No, I don't want to hear that stuff. No. Don't say your time has come and passed you. No. Uh-uh. You start now and say today is the beginning of the rest of your life. And you let God be God. He called Moses when he was 80. So you leave God to be God in your life. And you follow the teaching of the word. And everything comes from the word. And you believe the word and you weaponize that word. And because of the weaponizing of the word, you will be bulletproofed, armor-plated with the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of the living God. And attention, I want to point out that to all the believers, all the Christians, we are in a rigged fight. That's a secret. We're in a what? A rigged fight. The fight is rigged, and it's rigged in our favor. It's rigged by the blood of Jesus. No one and nothing can defeat the blood of Jesus. And that's where you get your armor plating from. That's where you get your bulletproofing from. That's where you get your bunkering from. We're living in a bunker. Do you hear what I'm saying? We're living in bunker Jesus. The Bible says in him we live and we move. We have our being. If you're living in Jesus and you're wrapped up in him, how can you be harmed? How can you be attacked? How can you become a they have to come through Jesus to get to you? You've got to understand who you are and what you're doing, what you're carrying, what you're covered with. And this is what I want to teach you. What is the belief what is God's take on the believers today in warfare? Huh? What is God saying about the believers in warfare, spiritual warfare today? Well, the answer to that question is the same as it was in the Old Testament days. But for the grace of God, you know, because of Jesus. Uh, let me give you an example. God had his people, and he sent out 12 spies, Caleb. Joshua sent out spies to go out and spy out the land. And there were 10 coward, lowest, low self-esteem, grasshopper Christians. They were sent by Joshua to spy out the land, and all those who believed, uh, when they came back, they gave an evil report. And many people fell uh, afraid because of the evil report of these 10 spies. The land is full of giants. It eats up the inhabitants. We saw the sons of Anak, the sons of the giants there. The one cluster of grapes took two men uh, carried on a pole on their shoulders. And they were all afraid. Because ten guys, the majority, came back and they said, We can't do it. We can't conquer the land. We can't go in and take the land. Well, Joshua and Caleb went in. And they said, yes, we'd be well able. 
We can go in and conquer the land. Why? Our God is with us. We can go in and we can take them out. We can clean their clock. And these guys said, oh, we can't do it. We were like grasshoppers in their, in their sight. And they're going to trample all over us. Grasshopper. That means they must have been about 20 feet tall. These grasshopper spies, Christians, came back and they startled the whole people. And all of Israel started saying, oh, we can't do it. But there was Joshua and there was Caleb and two spies who came back and gave a good report. And guess what? God went ballistic. Right? All those who believe the evil report, 20 years old and above, God sentenced them to die in the wilderness over a 40-year period of going around in circles. You're going to go around this wilderness over and over and over and over until you drop dead. And, I'm, and what did God call him? He called him a wicked congregation. That's what he called him, Numbers 13. He called him a wicked congregation. And he had them go around in circles for 40 years until they died in the wilderness. Let me tell you something. My Bible tells me that God is the same yesterday, today, and he's the same forever. When it comes to not trusting God, after seeing the miracles of God, reading about what God has done, opening the Red Sea, providing water, and doing all those things for his people, you don't trust God today and you tell me you're going to heaven. We need to question ourselves. And I'm not going to call anything, but the Bible tells me that number one, the fearful, and number two, the unbelieving will not make it into heaven. So we got to make sure that we check ourselves and make sure that we're not fearful and we're not unbelieving. Because guess what? The Bible says no one who is fearful or unbelieving, effeminate, and all the other things, whoremongers and, and sorcerers, they're not making it to heaven. But Christians must check themselves very carefully. Am I fearful? Am I unbelieving? These are the two things I want to get those two demons out the way so that we can make sure that we are, are bulletproof and we're armor-plated in the Word of God and all fear. And unbelief must go. It must leave us because we must press forward and enter in the kingdom of heaven. So God sentenced the, the, the cowards over a 40-year period, go around the wilderness in circles, go round and round and round and round, until a new generation, all of those 20, under 20, they got old enough. And when they got old enough, they said, Joshua and Caleb, you're going to leave this new generation, the Joshua generation. You're going to lead them in the promised land. You see, the old mindset had to die so a new mindset could rise and shine for their light has come and the glory of the Lord has arisen upon them. So it is today. Darkness and gross darkness has covered the people and is covering the world. Gross darkness is covering the people. And we must understand that we as the believers in Jesus we must arise and shine. And you cannot do what you normally do. It's not working. This is the reason why the church is in the condition that it's in today. Because we're doing the same old thing, in the same old way, and expect a different result. It's not working. Smell the coffee. And that's why God rose me up and told me, this is what you have to teach them. God made them move 10 steps forward. They, by their own low self-esteem, their cowardice, their own cowardice, and their own self-killing speech. These are the things I have to teach again in this course. Their cowardice and their self-killing speech, their own speech made from their own mouths caused them to make 15 steps backward. Here they go making 10 steps forward with God's help, but because of their, their cowardice, their fear, 
and your self-killing speech and your low self-esteem, they made 15 steps backward. 10 forward, 15 backward. You're not going anywhere. No. This is what we got to understand. We got to understand we live in a world with wicked people. People are hostile to God, hostile to Jesus. When you talk about Jesus, my God, it's like waving a red flag in front of a bull. <laughs> and then they'll come at you. Well, let me tell you something. You want to stop that red flag? Don't just talk about Jesus. Talk about the blood of Jesus. Woo! Hallelujah. You talk about the blood. Well, Jesus died and shed his blood. And talk about the blood, the blood, the blood, the blood. And when you talk about the blood, man, they can't take you. They can't stand you because you see when you come at them with the blood, the devil of them will run from you because they what? They fear the blood. So that hostility of people, of the demons that possess them, overflows upon God's people that carry Jesus. You see, God's people are so nice and gentle and we're so nice, you know. Oh, my God, we're so nice. Christians are so nice. We're so easygoing. We're so nice. We can't mash hands. But we're too nice, man. We need warfare. We need to know how to nail this thing down. It has always been, and it is still God's plan for his children to conduct warfare. But you need a strategy. You need to know the elements, the tenets of warfare. You need to know how to fight. And you need to know how to conduct it. Let me go to Psalm 118, verse 5. I call upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me and set me in a large place. Look at David. I was talking about David today on the daily briefing. I've been talking about him all week. And most of the times when David has been teaching, he has wrote 76 Psalms. And David was the most intense and compact teacher on warfare. On, on witchcraft and sorcery, curses, hexes, spells. David wrote about it more than any other person in the book, other than the practical, in the Bible, other than the practical examples that the Bible teaches us in, in the book of Exodus, the experience of Moses with Janes and Jambres, or the book of Numbers, where uh, Moses encountered Balaam, uh, or also in the book of uh, the Chronicles or Kings, I believe it is, was where uh, um, Saul encountered the witch of Endor. And then, uh, last but not least, in the New Testament, we have Simon of Samaria. Simon, the sorcerer. So we have those examples there. But David gets down into teaching us about witchcraft and the, the fundamentals of witchcraft. And I was teaching today that one of the things the Lord talked about, the power of the tongue, and this was a topic I used today in the daily briefing, the power our tongues have and people's tongues have, that the Bible calls the tongue a razor. That's in the book of Psalms. The Bible also calls the tongue a sharp sword. Uh-huh. And the Bible also calls the tongue adder's poison. In, a, in the book of James, it calls it full of deadly poison, deadly evil. The Bible calls it an, un, an unruly element, untamable in the book of James also. So what, what is that? The tongue, the power of the tongue. And when the tongue speaks, and it speaks things, uh, negative things that come against you to push you down, there are demons that listen to these things coming out from a wicked heart, rather the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So when the demons hear these words coming from an evil and a wicked heart, the demons respond and come at you, come against you. Psalm 109, verse 1. Hold out your peace, God of my praise, for the mouth of the wicked, the mouth of the deceitful are open against me. They are spoken against me. That's the tenets, the fundamental of warfare. Speaking words, curses, speaking against. And when the words are spoken against, the words come to push down somebody like you're in a, uh, they want to push you in a grave. Because you see, the words that are spoken against you come from Satan. 
They come to rob, to kill, to destroy. So they come against you. They come at you to push you backwards and make you fall. They come to knock you down off your feet. Doesn't come to help you. You see, if we speak for you and we speak with you, then the word will come alongside of you and help to lift you up like a brother would come or a sister would come alongside you and help to lift you off to your feet because you fell down. We speak for you and we speak with you. And that's what the Bible says when it means that the, uh, the God sent his word to heal and to do what? To deliver you from destruction, save you from destruction. So God's word doesn't come against you. God's word came for you, to be with you, lift you up, pull you up, sustain you, give you life. Help to what? Help to carry you through, encourage you, uplift you. That's what God's word comes to do. But we must understand this there, Psalm 118, verse 5, that he was in distress. And then he called on the Lord in his distress. And God answered him. God answered him. What does that mean? It means God spoke words to him. God sent his word to him, to David, and healed him and lifted him up out of above his condition and situation and set him, positioned him in a large place. He was in a tight quarters. He was in a pit. In a grave, but God's word came and lifted him up and placed him in a large place, give him room around him. He was not hemmed in on all sides as he was before. God blasted away all the things that were around him, the foul and unclean demons from around him. Now he was free. He had breathing room. Set him in a large place. But it took a mindset because here is the word of God. And we've got to remember God's word is what? Sent by the Holy Spirit, inspired or inbreathed by the Holy Spirit. All scripture, not some. Don't cherry pick the Bible. Don't give me that. Inbreathed by the Holy Spirit. Psalm 118, 10, 11 through 13 tells me, all nations come past me, they encircled me, they surrounded me round about. What are they going to do? They're going to hurt you, boy. They want to kill you. But the response by David of the Holy Ghost gave him, he says, but in the name of the Lord will I destroy them. I'm not going to destroy them in my name or with my own strength and my own power. No. With the help of the Lord, with the name of the Lord, I am going to destroy you. You will never destroy me. This is the attitude we're going to have today, 2021, January 28th. You will never destroy me. You new witch, you warlock, you say to Satan's people, and our Satan always use a man or a woman to come at you because he needs somebody to speak the words. You'll never destroy me. As for me and my house, Absolutely no way. Somebody is going to die, as we're going to see. But it's not going to be me. It will be you. I shall live. I shall not die. And I will declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. So he says, all nations encircle me. They surround me. But in the name of Jesus, I will destroy you. Not in my name. I'm going to invoke his word for your destruction. You must be destroyed. Because if you don't get destroyed, I'm going to be destroyed. Ah, uh -uh, not me. No, 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 no. You will be destroyed. Verse 11, Psalm 118, it says, They compass me, they encircled me about. Yes, they compass me about, they surrounded me. But in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. What does that mean? It means a resolution of will. The second time it says, whatever you do, bring it on. I am determined to live and not die. You will never destroy me. I will destroy you. 
My God, I feel fire right now. <laughs> I feel fire. I feel a warrior's fire right now. Woo! And that's what it takes. It takes a warrior's fire. This is what you call survival fire. This is what you call self-defense fire. This is what you call preservation fire. Man, I love my children. I love my grandchildren. I'm going to stick around for them because guess what? I'm not going nowhere. No devil of hell is going to take me out. I am going to live. I shall not die. And the third time, Psalm 118, 12, it says, They compassed me. They surrounded me again like bees. Hold it right there. Norman knows a lot about bees. You know, when you go as a young boy, you used to stone the beehive and thinking you could take a rock and knock down some of the, uh, in the beehive, you get some of the things, the honeycomb that would fall on the ground and you go pick up a honeycomb and you can suck that nice, juicy, sweet honey out of it. Well, guess what? I've been bitten by wasps. I've been bitten by bees because the bees surround you. And this is what David said. They compassed me. They surrounded me like bees. When you hear the bees all over in your ears, you're swatting bees all around your head, off your ears, off of your shirt, and you're running like crazy because the bees have surrounded you. And then he says they are quenched. They are put out as the fire of thorns. I'm going to put out your blaze. For in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them the third time father son holy ghost i am going to destroy you that's what you call the warrior's fire that's what you call the resolution of the warrior's will i get this from my bible that's what i got in me how don't tell me please don't come to me and tell me we're not supposed to fight we're supposed to roll over and play dead Gentle Jesus, meek and mild, and say, oh, the Lord will put, no, 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 no. This word says, in the name of the Lord, I will what? Destroy them. Look at the word destroy. I love that word destroy, because you see, Jesus was very destructive. Jesus was a destroyer. We don't teach these things in the Bible. Oh, gentle Jesus. Oh, please. Don't say that about Jesus. Oh, he's. No, the Bible tells me that Jesus Christ was made manifest to do what? To destroy the works of the devil. He came to do what? To destroy the works of the devil. What is so nasty or what is here to be misunderstood about destruction? Destroy means to shatter to kill, to annihilate, to make it totally useless, worthless. And that's what Jesus did. And that's what David is saying under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. In the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. I will destroy you. Don't tell me I must not have a fire in my belly, a resolution of my will that I am going to destroy them that seeks to destroy my life. Don't you tell me. I'm just sitting there by and say, oh, the Lord will protect me. No, 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 no. He came with a word, a response to all of what's going on. He says, they compass me about like bees, but in the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. The 13th verse says, you have thrust sore at me. You have pushed me hard that I might fall. You push me hard that I might stumble. But the Lord helped me. Huh? I fought what I could fight with. I invoked the name of the Lord, the word of the Lord. And what? The Lord helped me. You hear what I'm saying? Let's go back to Psalm 118 and verse 5 again. He says, I call upon the Lord in distress. The Lord answered me, and he set me in a large place. He delivered me. He pulled me out. Why? I had the warrior's resolution to fight. I had a fire in my belly that this is not going to go down the way you think it's going to go down. 
I have a fight in me that tell me you will not look at me and say, aha, aha, so would we have it. You will not look at me and say, oh, yes, we have swallowed him up. We made mincemeat out of him. <laughs> look at him. He trusted on the Lord. <laughs> Where is this God now? <laughs> no, 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 no. I know how to wield the sword of the Spirit. I know how David spoke this word, that when he spoke this word, and he called on the name of the Lord, and he called upon God, how? With the word of the living God. God watches over his word to bring it into manifestation. So the first thing in warfare the Christian must learn how to do is to call on the name of the Lord by what? Utilizing the word of the living God. You want God's response? You want his answer? You want his ear? Use his word. Use his word. Stop trying to pray out of your own head. And use his word. And when you use his word, it is a weapon. The Bible says, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. And when we are fighting a warfare, we are what? We war in the spirit. The weapons we war with are what? Spiritual weapons. We use Mighty weapons through God that can pull down fortresses and pull down strongholds. We don't play. We don't, we don't waste time. We must understand that we're in a real war. And we're in a real distress situation. Because you see, as David said in Psalm 18, my enemies are too strong for me. We got to understand that we are no match demons, archons. And what is an archon? An archon is like you have an archangel. Michael is an archangel, not just an angel. He's above like a supervising angel. You have archons who are supervising demons. Not just a regular demon. An archon is a, 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 like an archangel, a supervising demon. You don't match for a demon like the prince of Persia. Huh? Territorial entities, you don't match with demons. You can't fight demons. So how do you attack? How do you maintain yourself? You got to do it like David did. I called on the Lord in distress, and the Lord answered me, and he set me in a large place. How did he call? With the word of God. When you're in a situation, pull out Psalm 118 and begin to declare it. Psalm 118. 17, it says, I shall live, I shall not die. No, 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 I'm not dying. I'm not going anywhere. I shall live, I shall not die. And I will declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. My enemies shall die. I shall live. I shall not die. And I speak over my family, my children, my grandchildren. I speak over the church. I speak over the body of Christ. We shall live. We shall not die. You can play all the games you want to play. I speak over the body of Jesus Christ. We shall live. We shall not die. We are going to declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. And the last thing I want to tell you, before I close tonight, we are a people that are appointed unto life. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, the Bible says that it is appointed unto man once to die, generally speaking. It is appointed unto man, mankind, once to die, and then after that comes the judgment. That is scripture. But there's a people that are not appointed unto death. They will not die. They will not see death. That's true. They will be changed from mortal to immortality. They will be changed from corruption to incorruption. 
Because these people are appointed to be alive when Jesus comes. Those who are dead, believing in Jesus Christ, the Bible says, the dead in Christ shall rise first from their graves. And those who are alive and remain rooted, faithful, grounded in Jesus Christ, will be caught up together with the dead in Christ, who will be resurrected from the dead, and we will be caught up to meet Jesus in the air, and there we shall be with him for all eternity. So there are the people who will be alive and remaining in Jesus. I know Jesus is going to come shortly because we have entered into the great tribulation. And we can see how everything, and how do we know again, never has been across the world, the entire world since the world began. Anguish, tribulation, distress of nations with perplexity. It has never been in this world, across the whole world, since the world began. That's how we know. That's how we know. And we know that we're a people, we're, a, we're called upon by the Lord Jesus Christ to endure, push up against everything that comes to push you down and bury you. So when they come and they speak against you, uh-uh, we're going to push back. We're going to what? Push back. You're not going to speak against me, open your mouth and speak against me and try to push me down. No! My mouth is enlarged over that of my adversary, just like Hannah's mouth. My mouth carries the final word, the final say-so. What is that? My mouth, coming from my heart, carries the word of the living God. So when I begin to decree and declare the word of God, and I begin to decree and declare what Psalm 118 or any other scripture tells me, my angels, those who are watching around and about me, will step into action. And they will begin, because they are listening, they are listening diligently to the voice, which is my voice and your voice, of his word. And when his word is spoken through my voice, they will respond. And they will bring about the manifestation of the word of the living God. Why? Because God watches over his word, his word alone, to bring it into performance. So, I'm assured. When I call upon the Lord in distress, I'm listen, I am not going to wait for distress to come. For me to call upon the Lord. Absolutely no way. When things going good, that's when I'm going to call on him. I'm going on the offensive at all times. I will not wait for sickness, disease, distress, nothing. I will not wait. Like some people, they don't want to have prayer and they don't want to be intensified in prayer. They wait till somebody gets sick. Then they call and they call everybody and their uncle. We're going to pray for this one. What's wrong with that? Why wait? Keep praying now. Pray for wellness. Release the word for wellness. Do what it takes to maintain wellness. Exercise. Watch your diet. Do what it takes now to maintain your wellness. Do what it takes now to maintain your, your superiority, that you don't get down so the enemy is using you as a doormat. Do what it takes now. Be on the offensive so that you maintain superiority over the devil. The Bible says we must submit ourselves, therefore, unto God. Then resist the devil. When you do that, the devil must take his flight from you. No way. Go on the offensive. Go on the offensive. This is what spiritual warfare is all about. Always being on the offensive. Always releasing the fire. Fire of the word of God. Don't allow your enemies to come near you. The Bible says what? A fire goeth before him and burneth up all his enemies round about him. Well, guess what? I carry him. I carry Jesus. And a fire is going to go before me because I'm releasing his word before me. 
and it's going to burn up every one of my enemies around about me. Anywhere I go, before I get there, nighttime, morning time, anytime I get the chance, I'm going to release the fire. Send the fire, send the fire, send the fire. Wherever you go, you're going to work, send the fire. You're going to uh, school, go to send the fire. You're going to dinner, send the fire. You're going home, send the fire. You're at home, send the fire. At midnight, send the fire. Your children are in some distant place, send the fire. Your friends, your family, the body of Christ are all over the globe, send the fire. And that's how we do it. We close with that tonight. So just remember tonight, you are in a constant warfare. And it's either you fight, become the victor, the winner, the one left standing, or you'll become the loser, the victim. And if not dead physically, you'll be spiritually assassinated. So pick your choice who you're going to be. But you remember, the Lord Jesus has given us more than what is necessary for us to be on top. He has given us shoes of iron and brass and told us you can stand with your foot on top of your enemy's neck. In the name of the Lord, I will destroy them. I shall live I shall not die. I will declare the works of the Lord in the land of the living. That's what I want for you. That's what I want for you. So may the Lord bless you tonight. May the Lord keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord God lift up the light of his countenance upon you. Give you his peace. Both now until Jesus returns. Have yourself a fabulous night. And by the way, go to BibleCode.com and check out our books. Uh, my new book uh, should be published. The latest book should be published sometime in the new month, February. So until then, I'll catch you again next week, Thursday. God bless you. See you then. Have a fabulous, fabulous night.